Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with a word from the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and as always, I give God praise, glory, and honor for being here with all of you on episode number 266 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, we have been talking about stewardship in another study, and I wanted to bring a small piece of that to you. So please go ahead and take this time to get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend encourages you is coming to you with distractions. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendencouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. Hey there, BCU fam. Blend from BlendCouragesYou.com here with another podcast on the go. So as of this recording, we are almost at the end of our stewardship study. And that's a Bible study that we're doing over on BlendCouragesYou.com live. We're live on YouTube on Thursday nights. You can join us whenever the Lord leads. And with stewardship, we often talk about money it also entails our gifts, our abilities, our talents, and our time, among other things. And we've especially zeroed in on time. Now, with the time aspect of things, we have divided time into quadrants. And I won't go into the entire thing at this particular point, BCU fam, uh, for the sake of time. But just to give you an idea of how distractions can take us or take our focus from what it is we're supposed to be doing uh, when it comes to what it is that God has assigned us to do. So as a Cliff Notes version of what we've been talking about for the past few weeks in our stewardship time study, you know, there are two definitions for time. There's chronos and kairos. Now, chronos time is chronological time. It's time that's measured. It's in seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, years, decades. Chronos time is what we use to go by when it comes to the things that we have to do. For example, what time is your doctor's appointment? When does the service start? 
uh, how long will it take us to get there? So anything that's measured is chronos time or chronological time. And we need that in order to function in our lives. We have to run by the clock. Now, that's important and we need to pay attention to that absolutely. There's also what's called kairos time. And that is a Greek term for time that is in God's specific time zone, meaning areas or windows of opportunity that may only come by uh, every so often because the Lord has allowed it to happen. Uh, the world calls it being in the right place at the right time. The Lord and the people that know the Lord, these are Kairos time zone moments. And while it's important for us to walk well in our chronological time, it's also important to be open to what the Lord says for the Kairos time zone, because the Lord has a way, BCU fam, of directing our paths. The, the scriptures let us to know in the, in the book of Psalms that the steps of the righteous man are ordered by God, and he delights in his way, meaning the Lord delights in his way. And of course, man is mankind, so that applies to man or woman. But what we're saying here is, is that in all of the things that God has for us to do, he's ordering our steps, and we still need to acknowledge him in all of our ways so that he can uh, direct our pathways. You all see that? So you see how the, the Lord just ties that together. So the Lord, as we acknowledge him, and that's in the book of Proverbs uh, chapter 3, right around verse number 5 and 6, he will direct our paths. And as he's ordering that to happen, we'll do exactly what it is that he's telling us to do, and it will be perfect. So I lay that groundwork, BCU fam, in the context of many times the Lord is directing us to do certain things. We've acknowledged him right? And he has directed us and we know what we're supposed to do. Yet on the way to getting that done, we can be distracted. And those distractions can take us out of the Kairos time zone that the Lord would have us in. We can miss the moments that God has for us because we are busy being consumed by other things that God has not ordained us to do. And we see it in the scriptures, absolutely. And I know that a lot of us can actually even identify our distractions in our daily lives. Now, the thing about a distraction, BCU fam, is that we often don't realize that a distraction has happened until after it has distracted us. So we have to be on high alert for the, the enemy just coming by to take us off the path that God has for us. We've acknowledged him. We know what we're supposed to do. We want to make sure that we do it. For example, and I was just saying this to a friend of mine very recently, that I, uh, and, and I've said that to you all as well, probably too, that I love to uh, get things done ahead of time. It's just a way that I have uh, been conditioned, so to speak, in my life where I get up with the grace of God, I talk to the Lord in prayer, and then I get some things taken care of and then go to study or what have you. So it just depends on what the day is. Now, it's interesting that once uh, the house is quiet and, and everyone is off doing what they need to do before work, uh, it's usually my study time. And because of the nature of my conditioning, as I get ready to study, 
what I can notice or what I do notice and I have to pay attention to is is that because of my my tactical nature and wanting to get things done uh my mind will say and it's, it's the enemy well you know what you can put in a load of clothes really quickly before you sit down and study or you know you may want to uh just rearrange uh that particular area where you said you were going to make sure you, you you rearrange that part so you may want to do that ahead of time or you know um you, you hear some some people outside you know go take a look to see you know who that is who is that out outside talking and, and and take a look as to what's going on out there or you know there's something that's going on on the blankcouragesyou.com site. You may want to check that prior to. And it's all of those little things, BCU fam. And as you're, as you're listening to me, those things are not bad in and of themselves, right? Checking the website, you know, going to listen to who's outside or putting the clothes in or, or taking time to straighten up a particular area. They're not bad things. It's not what the Lord would have me to do at that particular time. So if I give in to what the enemy is saying and we have to recognize our enemy, what happens is, is that one task leads to another. So for example, if I go to put in a load of laundry, then I am going to think about, well, you know what, while that's going, maybe I need to just clean the bathroom really, really quickly. And then as I'm cleaning the bathroom, you know, once that gets taken care of, well, since I'm already cleaning, I might as well just run the vacuum, get that all taken care of. And then that way it's all set. And then once that's taken care of, then, you know, the thought is, well, maybe I should just go and, and pull out what we're going to have for dinner. You know, let me get that all prepped up because that takes a little time. And that way it's it's all set, and then I can sit down and really study without having to worry about. And it, it's just one thing goes to another, to another, to another, to the point that now it's time for me to get ready to go to work. And I haven't sat down to get any study time in or any prime time in with the Lord. So we have to be mindful, BCU fam, that the things that God has given us to manage or steward over, um, he wants us to take good care of those things. We don't want to do that uh, in over and above our time with him. So we have to be mindful of distractions. Now, that being said, there is some biblical basis here for distractors and someone who recognized distractions and just <laughs> with God's help was able to work through them without it taking them off task. And this is one of my favorite, favorite Bible characters. You all probably already know. It is Nehemiah. Now, I could probably go on and on for hours about Nehemiah. And of course, I won't for the sake of what? Time. But where I'm going to take you all today is Nehemiah chapter 4. So I won't, I don't know that I'm going to read the entire uh, chapter, but nonetheless, I'll go to Nehemiah chapter 4. And in your quiet time with the Lord, I'll read that. I recommend that you read the entire book, actually, the entire book of Nehemiah. But definitely check out Nehemiah chapter 4 because you're going to see where there are some situations where the Lord helped him to overcome distractions. He recognized it and, and just dealt with them beautifully. So I have to take you all to Nehemiah chapter 1, just as a, a Nehemiah chapter 2, just as a quick synopsis for those that may not be familiar. So Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. And uh, at the time, 
the children of Israel had been in captivity for, I want to say, 70 years, if my memory serves correctly. And they were, because of their disobedience and the Lord, I had saw fit to let them start to go back to Jerusalem. So their captivity or their period of captivity was now over. Now, because they had been captured, you know, Jerusalem was in ruins and whatnot. And while people were going back to rebuild what they had had originally, as far as the city is concerned, the city needed walls. Now, at that time, uh, cities uh, had walls because those were protections. It, it was a sign of protection. So uh, like in our current climate, uh, many of us have uh, alarms, ring doorbells, things like that. This was the same thing back in biblical days. So walls were uh, very high and thick. They could be 300 and uh, 80 feet thick and they were all very wide and tall and what would happen was these walls of stone were built around cities and there were gates that were attached to the wall to let people in and out and there was usually somebody in like a watchtower that could see up and over everything to see who was coming and you know to alert the townspeople if there, if it was an enemy uh, the walls were up to help protect the city against uh, any sort of uh, adverse weather conditions, animals, all kinds of things. So it was important not only to rebuild the city, but the walls needed to be rebuilt as well. So Nehemiah was dismayed at the fact that the city did not have any walls and went to the king, or the king noticed him, and asked for some time off and for material to help get the walls rebuilt. And again, this is Nehemiah chapter 1, and I'm just uh, giving you a quick synopsis of it. You all can read that whenever you get a chance. Now, Nehemiah not only got the permission to leave and the materials, also ended up with uh, having the army uh, along with him and uh, whatever it was that he needed to get the walls built. And he had people who were willing to do the work. And that brings us to Nehemiah chapter 2. Now, in the interim, there happened to be a couple of people <laughs> who were uh, a little miffed or grieved that the walls were being rebuilt, and that is Sanballat and Tobiah, and they were, they were pretty uh, upset about it, and according to my study, it was not so much that they were upset that it was happening uh, for anything other than they couldn't come in and plunder and do what it was that they wanted. So this, it was, it was not going to benefit them. They obviously had been benefiting from going in and out and, and getting what they wanted to and whatever the case may be and everything being broken down. And now that things were being improved, it was going to cut into their little profit or whatever little uh, schemes that they had going on. So they were exceedingly grieved about it. And they decided to say something to Nehemiah about it, and Nehemiah just let them know in Nehemiah chapter 2 that the Lord would help them to actually prosper them to get the work done, but that they would have no part or memorial in it. And that was the only thing at that point that Nehemiah said to uh, his enemies. So that takes us to Nehemiah chapter 4, and I'd like to go to verse number 1. And let's see what happens. Now, before I go there, Nehemiah chapter 3 is just the divvying up of the work. So who got to do what? 
So all of the assignments have been made. The people were ready to work. And now we're in Nehemiah chapter 4, just to kind of catch you all up. All right. So Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 1 says, But it came to pass that when Samballot heard we builded the wall, he was wroth. That's intense anger and took great indignation. He was annoyed, shocked, angry, and then went on to mock the Jews. So everything is going along beautifully, and here comes somebody, of course, to mock what you're doing. Now, I want you all to think about that, because as the Lord assigns you things, you know, the enemy comes by and, and, and all types of different ways, and here is a mocking way, and this is to stop the work from getting done. So this is to distract the people. Now, verse number two says, and he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive these stones out of heaps of rubbish, which are burned? And what they were saying in essence is, is look at your task before you. This is a lot of work. You've got burned up rubble and, and, and these piles of stones and, you know, you're weak. You can't get all of this done. Can you all see some of the parallels? Because as God has given us some things to steward over, the enemy can come and say, you can't get this done. What? This is way too much work for you. You know, there, there's no way that this can, can be done properly. You can't do this in a day. This is going to take too long. And one of the, the ways that the enemy comes to distract us is by having us look at how monumental the tasking is. You know, how much there is to, to get taken care of so that we can be overwhelmed and then just stop. I stopped purposely, BCU fam, because I know that that resonated with somebody. It resonated with me. I know it resonated with you. So that's his purpose. And we're not here to give the enemy any glory. It's important for us to recognize that that is not the voice of God. Because if God has called you to do something, he called Nehemiah to build that wall. Then if he's called you to take care of something, he's going to equip you to get it done. Amen. It's going to get done. It absolutely will. All right, let's go a little bit further. Now, going into the next verse, verse number three. Verse number three says, Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him, and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Now, these walls were 380 feet thick uh, and over 100 feet tall, all right? Now, on average, and this obviously could vary from place to place, a, a fox is a small animal. I didn't know that until I actually did a little research. Foxes um, can probably weigh up to about maybe 31 pounds on average, a, a grown one. So I want you all to think about that. I want you all to think about that. How is a 31-pound animal going to knock over a wall that is 100 feet high and 380 feet thick so what happens distraction wise is that the enemy starts to come in and making these accusations and having you to think that what god has assigned you lord i thank you in here today is impossible to get done so again this is a way to stop you this is a way to slow you down this is a way to get you to start to thinking about what is unimportant what, what God hasn't said, and you get more focused on what the issue is. We start to walk by sight 
versus walking by the faith that God has given us. All right, so that's verse number three. So this is this is this, this, to distract you, to get you to thinking. Now, Nehemiah and the wisdom that God had given him did not waste any time going back and forth with the enemy. Did not waste any time trying to explain, well, God told me to do it, and the Lord has, has, is going to prosper us, and I, I have the papers here. We have the Nehemiah didn't do any of that justification. He did not stay distracted at all. He noticed them, absolutely. They were there and mocking and, and loud, I'm sure. So we'll notice things, but we don't have to focus on them. And Nehemiah handled this distraction beautifully, and you'll see it in the next verse. So Nehemiah chapter 4, verse number 4. He went to praying. I love it. He took them to the Lord. And this lines up beautifully, BCU fam, with Matthew chapter 5, right around verse number 44, because we are supposed to do what for our enemies? That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're to pray. So Nehemiah said, let me take this to the Lord in prayer. And he said, hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their own head, and give them for a prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So this is a prayer that we would not pray today, right? So we're not praying that today because we certainly don't want anything to happen to anyone at that particular time. That was Nehemiah's request, and he just wanted the Lord to take care of them. So anytime the enemy comes, and the enemy can come in our heads, absolutely, and also can work through people because the spirit of iniquity will work in whoever it will. So anytime somebody is coming against us like this, BCU fam, we have to recognize that this is a spirit, and the only way that we can win uh, in spiritual warfare is to fight in the spirit. So rather than going back and forth with the individual and trying to uh, let them know who you are and all that sort of thing, you take it to the Lord in prayer, and the Lord will direct you as to what it is that you're supposed to do or not. The Lord may take care of it. The Lord may hold them back. The Lord may have you to say something that, of course, is going to line up with the word of God and honor him. Um, or whatever the case may be. I can't tell you what the Lord is going to tell you to, to do, but I can tell you that he will. And sometimes we have to continue uh, working even in the face of adversity because he doesn't always remove uh, the distractions. He doesn't want us to be moved by them. Amen? He just doesn't want that to happen. So that's what we're to do. We're going to pray. All right. And then verse number six says, so we built the wall. So we built the wall, and the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, because the people had a mind to work. And I love this, BCU fam, because this distraction didn't stop the work from continuing to go on. The wall continued to be built, and half of it got done even with what was happening. So what I am saying to all of you is today is that in the midst of the distractions, We'll see what's happening. We'll see that things are happening and going on. We'll notice them. We're not going to stay focused on them. Amen. We're going to take the situation to the Lord in prayer and look to him to lead and guide and direct. And obviously, he must have had those enemies stand down enough 
so that that wall could continue to be built. And we have to continue doing what God has called us to do, stay on our part of the wall so that the Lord is glorified, honored, and praised. Now, before we end our podcast today, I need to take you all to the book of Matthew. And I, I mentioned this briefly, and I was led to just go into Matthew into some detail because it's important for us to know how to deal with with our enemies, especially when they're coming in the form of a distraction. And I know that many of us know this passage of scripture. It's not uh, new to you all, but nonetheless, it's a good reminder. So if you would go with me to the book of Matthew, if you can, and go to uh, Matthew chapter five, and we're going to go down to, I want to say verse number 40. Yep, verse number 43. Okay. And it says, Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. That's, it's natural. It's natural. But Jesus said, "Mm -mm, not doing that. And you can see that here in verse number 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may become or that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Jesus goes on to say, for if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if ye salute your brethren only, what more do ye than others? Do not the publicans even also? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And what that same BCU family is that we have an obligation to love, bless, and bless means speak well of, you can be honest, but we want to speak well of, do good, and to pray. That's what we do when we're dealing with enemies. And then when doing so, we are a reflection of our Father, which is in heaven, because if we only love on the people that love us, and we're only uh, loyal to the people that are loyal with us, we're not any better than the publicans and the publicans at that time are were tax collectors and they were some of the most despised people uh in that era and i don't know anybody that enjoys a tax collector even today uh in that time they charged exorbitant fees and they they took money for themselves and they fattened the pockets of the roman government and all of those kinds of things so uh, nobody enjoyed a tax collector so if, if we don't want to be in that category that we're no better than the tax collector which was a, a huge center so we're no better than the world if we're doing what the world does so let's do what the lord has called us to do and have the instructions that he has given us when it comes to distraction so if i had to do a quick wrap-up of what we've talked about we want to be sure that we are acknowledging the Lord in all of our ways so that he can direct our paths. That's number one. Number two is, is that we want to make sure that as we know what the Lord is telling us to do, that we stay on track and that we're mindful of things that distract us, even if they're good things. So if you're in the middle of prayer and your phone rings, 
I know it could be an emergency. It could be a situation. Finish praying. Finish reading. Finish doing what God has called you to do. And then go to that situation. You'll be better prepared and equipped if it was an emergency. And a lot of times, it's just not. All right? So sometimes we have to tell people no. Sometimes we have to tell people not right this minute. If God has called you to spend some time with him or to do something specific, let's do that and not be distracted by the other things in this this life. And if the distraction comes in the form of a person, such as a Tobiah or a Geshem or a... (laughs)